We can do it. <laughs> We're gonna do it. Hey guys, welcome to episode one of Mentally Chill, the only mental illness podcast that can't be true. I didn't really do my research. Did I would, you? Why would I ever research anything? But I'm sure no one's talked about mental illness before, so this should be good. This should be good. Um, as usual, I'm Allie. I'm still Suzanne. She's been Suzanne the whole time. The real Suzanne was in our hearts all along. Yeah, today we're talking about... Talking about mental illness. Yeah, we are, baby. There we go. Um, talking about mental illness... It comes very natural to us. It comes very natural to us because we're used to it. Um, I mean, I've been dealing with this since I was about 13. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about it is kind of... I mean, it's easy for me in some ways because it's just like such a normal part of my life but i've also noticed that it makes people around me uncomfortable yeah yeah i think that i was in sixth grade when the topic of depression came up that was when i was put on my first antidepressant Mm -hmm. so i guess i got very comfortable with it yeah maybe part of my coping mechanism was being too open about it to the point where i've actually lost a lot of friendships Mm -hmm. i think part of it was being too crazy but also i think if i hadn't talked about it yeah a lot of those people would still be around it's like a definitely a delicate balance to strike where you especially at first you don't understand like i mean at first i didn't want to talk about it at all i didn't talk about it for years yeah because i was embarrassed um now i talk about it nearly constantly all the time (laughs) (laughs) yeah um, it, well, it feels, to the point of doing a podcast about it. Now we're doing a podcast about it. You may have noticed. You may have noticed that we are doing a whole podcast about it. Yeah. So clearly it's not too difficult for us anymore. I guess it still is. I guess um, one thing that kind of made me want to talk about it more is that, you know, I've been dealing with depression and anxiety for over 10 years, but I was recently hit with a schizophrenia diagnosis, which has not been easy to talk about mm-hmm. um, because it does kind of make people look at you funny, mm-hmm. even if they can't help it and even if they don't know they're doing it because it is yeah. like one of those ones. It's kind of like, um, it's just like kind of one of those ones you super don't want. Yeah, it's not really on the top. People don't, it hasn't been like sexualized, like I feel like a lot of mental illnesses and romanticized, I yeah. guess. They just don't know how sexy schizophrenia can be. They have no idea, but here I am. Yep. This is the real... I'm uh, putting the... Takeaway. Sex and schizophrenia. There's no schizophrenia. We're just sexy, is what I'm trying to say. It's our mental illness is sexy. Um, no, I, I get where you're coming from. I actually remember... In my head, it, it's like, oh yeah, it's so comfortable, and I'm great at talking about mental illness, and I don't care that I'm bipolar, even though it makes other people uncomfortable, but... When uh, I really think about it, I remember I was in my freshman year of college and I took an abnormal psych class and I read about bipolar 2 disorder and I knew that that was what I had. And everybody self-diagnoses in their classes, so it sounds really cliche, but I immediately knew what it was and I didn't want to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to be anything bipolar. I didn't want it to be, you know, in any way uh, a big thing. So... I ignored it until a couple of years ago, and that landed me in a hospital. So yeah, that'll do it. Ignoring it'll land you right in the hospital sometimes. Yeah, multiple times. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to, 
it's hard to talk about it with yourself. That's like one conversation to have. Like mm-hmm. that's, it's hard to talk about it with friends and partners and finding out who can handle. Yeah, that's your like mental a, illness. That's like a whole thing. Yeah, I think that that was one of the hardest parts. So I think about it a lot. Um, my best friend from college who I was just really close to. He was, like, the first friend I made in my adult life, really. I faded out after I visited him uh, several years after we moved to different places because I was in a hypomanic episode, and he was moving into a more professional direction with his life, and I was talking really quickly and excited about everything, and he just couldn't take it. And I guess that's kind of constantly been a fear for me is Mm -hmm. who else is going to just drop off. And then this, um, this like fear, this idea, that and the, the idea that is wrong that you're something that needs to be handled. I th- I think I say that a lot. I'm like, who can handle it? Who can handle me? I'm not a thing to be handled, right? I'm not like a burden. I'm just a person with like a couple extra, just like a couple extra things, like, like something fun on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's also difficult, is you know, not to be like you know, corny and, like, you know, like, Dr. Drew about it, but, like, you aren't, like, a, you aren't, like, a car. You weren't, like, high-maintenance. Right. Yeah, and I think it's also difficult because you're asking who can handle you, and then you're saying, well, that's not the real me a lot of the time, or at least I do that. I do that a lot, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wait, that's not me. That's my mental illness. As if I'm not my mental illness and my mental illness isn't me it's just like well here like yeah i mean there that is something i spent probably a year trying to say like how do i parse out who i am from this illness and it's like well you don't right (laughs) i still do that and a lot of the times i think about who i could have been otherwise Mm -hmm. like because i can pinpoint the moment that i started to feel depressed and i know that as i got older my bipolar symptoms manifested more and more so I had a chance to know who or what kind of person I was before then I have memories of my life before yeah. mental illness set you could in. have been a contender I could have been a contender but then I wouldn't have this podcast so <laughs> wow who really wins I was hospitalized multiple times and all I got don't worry Suzanne just knocked down all my cosmetics I knocked down her 800 hoop earrings no my babies <laughs> hello kitties um yeah, I mean, could I have been a contender? No, I'm physically very weak. <laughs> I'm so weak. <laughs> weak on the inside, weak on the outside. <laughs> wow. I, I was hospitalized upwards of five times, and all I got was this lousy podcast. Wow. How dare you? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great podcast. It's yeah. going so well. Um, Everything's going so well. I say that all the time. It's from Moulin Rouge, and no one knows what I'm talking about. I just stick with everything's coming up Millhouse. It, that too. Pop culture, baby. <laughs> that's what, that's yeah, what the well, kids like. I'm just not like other girls. I'm a teenager, so this is what the teens like. Surf's up, bitch. <laughs> Damn it. So the surf is up, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not working right now. I am in a place where... Um, my illness has gotten to the point where it has impeded my day-to-day life in such a way that I cannot go to work. Mm -hmm. Do you, a person who 
has historically held down jobs, Mm -hmm. do you have that conversation with your employer? So it's difficult. Um, As someone who's held down jobs, I definitely feel like... bragging. (laughs) Well, it um, (laughs) hasn't been easy, obviously. I try not to have the conversation at first, and every job is different because I feel like I'm lying to my employer in some way, or Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm conning the system or tricking them in some way, when really I'm just trying to balance my mental illness from saying, you know, I'm sick. I was really sick. and Which is true. It's not a lie. Right. It's not a lie. But you feel like you're lying. Yeah, you do. if you were to tell me you said that, I would say that's not a lie. But in the moment, because it's me, I feel bad. Mm -hmm. I have imposter syndrome. I don't Mm -hmm. think I deserve my jobs. And I eventually do lose them. Um, Eventually, I've had to have the conversation with employers, and it always feels bad. Yeah, of course. I've taken um, FMLA leave, um, which is... Family Medical Act, I'd worked there long enough that um, I needed to go into an intensive outpatient hospitalization program, and I had to have that conversation with my employers. Um, I went through HR, but yeah, it ended with me losing my job when I came back because I wasn't ready. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but again, more time to work on the podcast. More time to work on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it's a hard conversation to have with employers. It's a hard conversation to have with anyone, but I think it's still situational. I've definitely had people be really well-received. Mm-hmm. I mean, mental illness is, surprisingly, affects a lot of people. Yeah, so. very universal. I know. Contrary to popular belief. <laughs> but actually. Yeah. Um, we've already called ourselves crazy probably like six times, um, which is like something I want to talk about, which is like, um, I was in an IOP, which for those of you don't know is an intensive outpatient program when you're uh let out of a hospital they sometimes admit you to an outpatient day program that you can attend three to five times a week where they teach you coping skills they try to teach you coping skills (laughs) they give you a binder they give you a binder they give you a trauma workbook they give you um like a hospital lunch i got coloring book pages i never got coloring book pages oh they had us color um i never got to color i always had to talk about my trauma well they didn't want to hear about my trauma so i got coloring book pages lucky i know bragging (laughs) so but in my iop i called myself crazy Mm -hmm. and it was kind of i got in trouble for it and i've had a friend say you know, I was like, oh, because I'm crazy. And she's like, you know, I don't like when you do that. And it's like, okay, like, I get why you don't think I should do that. However, um, this is kind of like my burden in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm crazy. I'm crazier than hell. I think that's really fucked up, honestly, to have someone somebody to, like, else. police your, yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's anyone's right to police your language. I think it's, you know... One conversation that's kind of difficult to have is for people who are also mentally ill who might not like that I call mm-hmm. myself crazy, but that's how I deal with being crazy. Yeah, that's how, yeah, I mean, that's just part of it. And I'm not ashamed as much. I don't think I'm ashamed anymore. I'm not ashamed that I have a mental illness. I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Yeah. Um, it gets in the way of my life and it affects me every day, but 
I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not gonna pretend like you know it's horrible to be crazy and I should like feel bad about it yeah I don't feel bad about it anymore I wish I didn't have it that would be tight weird you don't I think it would be super tight to just like not Wow. Like, have, like, really vivid hallucinations or, like, trauma flashbacks or anything. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice. Um, or, like, depressive episodes or anxiety attacks. Like, that would be cool. But, like, that's just not really the hand that I was dealt. That's not really the journey that I'm on. God damn it. <laughs> Speaking of your journey, um, yeah, and I also just feel like, you know, I'm sorry that you're uncomfortable with how I want to label myself, but, um... I woke up sobbing the other day. I will not be able to leave my house. And I've, again, had to be hospitalized for my mental illness or else I would have killed myself. So I'm sorry that calling myself crazy as a joke is uncomfortable for you. But but like so is like just like existing for me. So is my whole life. (laughs) So my be. Yeah, my bad. But like you're right. Shout out to my neurotypical friends. Yeah. Um, Just kidding. I don't have any left. I Okay, I found out that one of my friends was neurotypical, and I was so fucking pissed. Like, I felt you betrayed. Were <laughs> I was like, you snuck into my friend group. How dare you? You fucking weaseled your way in here. Oh, we were having a conversation. Why would you even want to be here? I know. <laughs> that was... I was like, what What part of this is good for you, man? Yeah, this can't be healthy. I was talking about my depression, and, you know, as I do all the time, mm-hmm. and I said... So, yeah, you know, I never ask you about it. Like, you know, how do you cope? Because I just assumed as a person, obviously, he's depressed. And he's, like, hanging out with you. Yeah, he's hanging out with me. What the fuck? And he goes, I've never really had that. I mean, I get sad sometimes, but. Yo, I had a boyfriend like that. I I dated a whole ass man who was neurotypical. He was, like, when I was really depressed, he would be, like, yeah, I just, like, don't really know what it's like. Like, I'm sorry you're going through it. And I'd be, like what what do you mean you don't know what it's like he's like yeah, i've just like never been depressed i'd be like all right that's disgusting it was crazy to me like i was just like what do you mean was he nice yeah so he's like a good man well let's like not get crazy well i was wondering because i know it already is, doesn't sound like you know our type so that is such a strong word to like call a man yeah i would never well to me he's like a unicorn at this point i mean neurotypical dating right. you so <laughs> i just don't definitely um some of like what we will get into later of the like uh fetishization of the kind of right like you're i mean i've never been thin enough to be a manic pixie dream girl but i have had short things that i gave myself when i was addicted to pills wow that sounds amazing <laughs> no disrespect to any of our listeners who With have short, short bangs. Bangs, who of whom i assume there are many or their pill addictions no. no disrespect to your predictions either. I just don't have one anymore. Yeah, uh, and a lot of offense to anybody who's a self-proclaimed manic pixie dream girl, though. Yeah, you could suck my dick from the back, dude. The what the f- fuck? What the fuck is your problem? Jesus? We're just trying to fucking, fucking live. live. Grow up. Seriously, grow the fuck up. We get it. You watched Garden State. I've never seen Garden wow, State. Wow, Zoe Drachanel over here. Drachanel? Drachanel? Who cares? I hate her. I don't Who know cares? her. Who cares? We get it. Your parents got divorced. And had a lot of money, so you got two Christmases or Hanukkahs. I don't know what your deal is. I don't, I, frankly, I don't care. I don't, let's, all right, anyway. <laughs> we're getting a, we're losing the plot here a little. Uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> what we talk about <laughs> when we're talking about manic pixie dream girls. We have really sexy mental illness, and it's I think understandable. I do feel like we've, like, grown out of, like, as a society, like, we're not really doing the, like, 
Kirsten Dunst spinning around in the rain thing anymore <sighs> as much. But like also Zoe didn't what's Zoe didn't De Chanel. You know Durst. who you are. Zoe you know what Durst. you did. <laughs> Fiance to Fred Durst. Oh my god, really? I don't know. I'd be a good couple. You think Fred Durst and Zoe Deschanel would be a good couple? I think they'd be the best couple. Well, Are you, would you not watch that show? I would watch it. I, oh, man. You know who's my favorite celeb couple right now? Ice-T and his DIY network show, The Marriage. They're not... That's not his wife. His wife's name is Coco, and I love her. <gasps> I'm so glad. All right, go on. I forgot what I was talking about. I was thinking of Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that... <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I'm editing this out. It's too humiliating. My life is too humiliating. I was like, I didn't know he had a show about... No, but they had a show. They're so... I love her. They have, like, these pet bulldogs. Actually, one of them just died. I found it on Instagram. That's what he said. I like that I only realized that um, I was saying the wrong thing because I know who she is, not yeah. who I know who Ice-T is. How do you not know who Ice-T is? I do. I watch SVU. I just messed it up because they both have the word ice in their name. Good gravy. Whatever. I'm mentally ill. It's not my fault. All right. One day we'll do one on accountability. (laughs) Not today. But what I wanted to say is that my favorite celebrity couple right now is um, Jamie Foxx and Katie Holmes. Wow. I didn't even know. They've been together for like a year. I had no idea. I know, dude. It's crazy. It's like, I'm really embarrassed to admit this. Uh, I'm in school right now. Um, I know. I'm really humiliated. And I've been spending so much time um, trying to learn unimportant things that I didn't find out about Katie Holmes's new relationship. Yeah, you should have really been working pretty hard on that. That's fucked up. Well, what were we talking about? Fucking losing the plot, man. I didn't take my Adderall today. I didn't take any kind of Did you take pills. your medicine today? I take my other crazy pills at night, but I take no Adderall. I too. Yeah, it's like a sexy way to end the night. Yeah, I love telling guys that I can't stay over because I have medication that I have to take at night. Um, I don't like, endorse this. Take my nighttime medications. I don't endorse this, but I there have been He's far too many away. instances of me just not taking my medicine for horrible men, and that's something I grew out of. I'm glad to that's say. Good. I mean, yeah, I used to do that too, but now I like saying, "Can you call me an Uber?" I have medication that I have to take at night. And they just, like, are like, um. And then they leave you on red. I haven't slept with anyone who had their red receipts on in a really long time. I keep my red receipts on because, I don't know. Well, it started out of spite. Mm-hmm. As um, most beautiful things do. And then I kept it out of, I guess, just because... I like it. I think it's a power move. I think so, too. I don't think I'm strong enough yet to do it. I think I do a lot of passive-aggressive shit that um, I wouldn't be able to necessarily do with that. And I like to pretend like I'm doing stuff when I'm not doing stuff, too. Like, oh, sorry, I was... I love saying my favorite things to say to people are, I was writing or I was at the gym. But, like, really, I was watching Skin Wars. Oh, my God. Oh my I god, skin wars. Skin yeah, wars. we should just not talk about skin wars because I'm gonna pull up Cheryl Ann's page again. Don't do it. This episode is dedicated to Cheryl Ann. Thank you, Cheryl Ann. So, I mean, Cheryl Ann's aside. Cheryl Ann's aside. I guess we haven't really talked about how we talk about it now so much. Yeah, what, is that, uh, what does that look like for you? 
I guess it depends on the situation. I already mentioned about how it's difficult with my employer and I wait till the last minute. But now that I'm in school, it's also difficult because I'm currently in a depressive episode and I've been missing a lot of class. So I've had to talk to my teachers and classmates have noticed. And I guess I feel it out. I told people that I'm sick, like I said, which Mm -hmm. sucks and feels like a cop-out. I have disability accommodations in school. That's good. Yeah. And so the teachers don't know what's wrong with you or what you have. They just know how they have to accommodate you. That's so important to advocate for yourself like that, too. Yeah. It's weird because different people handle it differently. Some people Mm -hmm. try to get in your business and find out what it is and fish. There's a very limited amount of things that my accommodations force them to do for me. Mm -hmm. It's mostly just testing accommodations. So in terms of forgiving me for missing class, it's up to them. Okay. So I have to find ways to talk about it. So that just kind of sucks. Yeah, that sounds frustrating. Yeah. If I talk about my mental illness, I usually just introduce it as my really bad anxiety. Mm -hmm. Uh, People just don't seem as sympathetic about depression or it still feels taboo to me. I can't say I'm in a depressive episode or... Like, what are you going to say? Like, oh, sorry, I'm too suicidal to go to school today. People don't know how to react to that. Yeah, people don't know how to react to that. There's really, um, like, two reactions. One is, like, this girl's so dramatic. Yeah. And two is, like, just being so uncomfortable. So it's kind of hard. I mean, those aren't the only, but those are two really common reactions, I feel like. Yeah, and it never feels like I'm sick enough. I can't explain to you how depressed I am if you're not depressed. Right. I've had a couple people come through and be extremely sympathetic. They just got it. I remember with an employer, I ended up breaking down to my manager because she was asking me why I wasn't doing anything. And I just started crying and saying, it's physically impossible for me to do work or concentrate. I'm just trying not to cry at my desk. And then I cried at my desk and she understood it and... She got depression, and she just let me go home for the day. That's really nice. That's yeah. really nice, and that's really rare. That's <laughs> really rare. Which sucks yeah. so much. Um, how do uh, you do it? How do I do it? Um, I'm still figuring that out. I am slowly kind of one by one. I mean, my friends have obviously always known that I've had like depression, and I, they've, I've had anxiety attacks in front of them and stuff. But with my new with my new diagnosis, there's like a whole new set of rules that I'm still kind of learning, and there's a way that I, you know, need to be treated in a way that I need to be loved in a way that I need to be heard in a way, um, a certain reciprocity that I need in my relationships. But since my diagnosis is so new, I don't really have the language for it yet, so I don't necessarily know how to ask for what I need. So, do you feel like you're not necessarily getting what you need from your support system that you have? There are definitely times, but I don't fault them for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because, you know, again, there's so much of being mentally ill and surviving is just being really proactive and being really your own advocate and kind of learning what you need and, and it's teaching so hard. the people around you about it yeah it is really hard like worth mentioning um it's yeah it's so hard because you know self-motivation is my biggest struggle right something i admire about you a lot is that you 
are great about things like cooking and cleaning and like you you get out of bed in the morning and you create yeah I think that's awesome I'm um more of the stay in bed for days and days type and then I get out of bed and I'm really social so people I've had those episodes too yeah and people will see on social media you yeah. know, you seem like you're out and about. See and me at the bars, and I'm so excited. Bar. Yeah, because I left like, the house finally. Yeah, and it's like, well, yeah, I'm fucking, I'm fucked up. Of course, I'm. Yeah, having a great time. I just seem lazy. I think to a lot yeah. of people, or people think that you pick and choose when you have anxiety. Like, oh, you had anxiety when we had lunch plans, but you don't have it when it's time to go to the bar. And it's like, well, you know, I didn't. I didn't like, have it then. Yeah, <laughs> like, what? I didn't like, have it. Yeah, so, do you want me to just stay home forever because I canceled plans when I couldn't breathe because I felt like I was going to die? Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just so weird. People, you know, so you just have to kind of, I guess I always kind of psych myself out because I always prepare for the worst. I'm like, they're going to hate me and they're going to tell me that I'm too crazy, which just hasn't, which really has never happened. You know, yeah. I have had friends kind of distance themselves from me. I've had a friend kind of cut our relationship off, which hurt. But um, I've never had anybody just have, like, a horrible, ugly reaction, but it's still Mm -hmm. definitely a fear of mine. Yeah. Yeah, I think with my interpersonal relationships, I've gotten extremely vocal about it. So I try really hard, and especially in this last year, to tell people what's wrong with me and then what I need. And Mm -hmm. they can just figure out whether or not they can be there for it. Um. I think it really makes it hurt a lot more, though, now, because people say that they understand and they know what they're signing up for, and then when they disappoint me, it hurts the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's really hurtful. Yeah, I was recently seeing someone, as you know, we broke things off, like, a couple days ago, but when we were together, I was extremely upfront, like, the first time we hung out about being depressed and having issues with my mental illness and thankfully for me he was there to be my hero and what a guy so great um he was kind of one of those people that always says they want to be there for you and you know they love it when I communicate my needs Mm -hmm. and I thought I was in a really healthy thing Mm -hmm. but whenever I would communicate what I needed he just never gave it to me and then I would tell him that and he would apologize and he'd almost change but right you know it it was really hard to communicate with a partner what I needed and then to consistently not get it right but even just being able to do that I think is a great thing and I'm sure that's not everybody yeah I mean the fact that you have the ability to say hey here's what's up with me is I mean that's big I I take a long time to do that and in the meantime my partners usually figure out like something's up with this girl (laughs) without me really like naming it um but it is it's hard because like people might think you know you don't want you want to be like a chill girl i'm such a chill relaxed girl yeah you don't want to have like all this like ugly baggage i mean even if you're not trying to be like a obviously neither of us are chill girls i'm fucking crazy um but like it it's hard to say like right up front like i have all this shit and it might make me act a certain way sometimes yeah but i'm trying yeah how am i supposed to find somebody that is willing to put up with my bullshit and it's not also doesn't up. I, I know. Hate that. I know. I know. I hate it. I know. I hate it. I hate it with my life. I hate it like you hate calling it a journey. Oh, 
I do hate calling it a journey. But you know what I mean. Like, I know it, what you mean. It's like you have to constantly tell yourself it's not putting up with your shit. Right. But, I mean, it, how are you going to find a partner? Like, there, it's absolutely within somebody's right to not want to be with somebody that's, you know, got all of this going on. Oh, yeah, like, 100%. You know, especially when you start dating someone. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is like a lot to take on, especially if they've got shit of their own. Right. So it's, it's really hard finding... You know, finding somebody that I want to date anyway when I think that all people are bad. And then also being like, oh, but can they even take it? Like, right. would they be able to be there for me? And then there's the added, are they just one of the many men that love women who need to be helped but hate helping women? Yeah. Wow. Which there's is my so type. so many of them. Yeah, that's exactly my type, I think apparently. that's most people's types because that's, like, most of what they are. I know. <laughs> if any so men have made this far, what are you doing, man? What the fuck, man? Um, I think that it's just, um, again, one of those things where you have to, unfortunately, teach people how to treat you. You have to sit them down and you have to say, like, here's what I'm going through. Here's what I need from you. I had to do that in my relationship that is in a relationship recently Mm -hmm. where I had to sit down and say like hey I'm really working on x y and z and when I reach out to you about it it's because like I'm out of tools right and like I need your support yeah and like when I communicated it like that it was was like oh yeah that makes sense but to get to that point is very difficult and there has to be a certain level of trust and there has to be a certain level of vulnerability that is not comfortable um for anybody really yeah I guess my I know you and I have talked about it because we both had those conversations I had mine with the person I was seeing and it's uh I guess it's just done at different speeds for me Mm -hmm. I immediately jump to it Mm -hmm. whereas you get comfortable with that person right I think that I just have a fear of wasting more time with people you know so i want i figure everyone's gonna disappoint me anyway let's let's hurry it up yeah i feel that yeah so i just communicate my needs expressly so i think you do hopefully you can like learn to communicate with your partner about what your needs are um you know whenever you feel comfortable yeah in like a way that works for you and it's okay to have communicated it and have it go poorly obviously but it's also okay if it goes well and then they just don't follow through to cut that bitch off. Yeah, it's okay to say... And that's the other thing is, like, there are going to be times that you're going to tell people, here's what I'm going through, and they're going to say that they're going to be there for you and they're going to say that, you know, they want to help you and their their friendship isn't going to be healthy and their friendship isn't going to be helpful and it's okay to cut that off and it's not your fault i think that a thing that i have a tendency to do is definitely be like well i just like i was acting crazy and it's like okay but like i communicated that up front and i'm like really trying here and you know some people just can't handle it or they don't want to do the emotional labor and that's again like you said their call but it's okay to cut people off and in the long run it's better because some people want to they just don't want to be like honest about it and they don't want to be the person who isn't there for you right like um i recently had that person that i'm uh was seeing their response was 
to just make it so I would end things. Mm-hmm. Oh, really. the classic. Yeah, you're, you know, they don't want to have to be the person that wasn't there for you. So Men love find doing that in general, I think. They, though, it makes them like, horny, I think. I think so, too. They're like, well, if she does the breaking up. So much easier. Sorry, this is so heteronormative right now. Yeah, this sucks. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sh- I know <laughs> from experience dating women, I know that a lot of them are absolutely terrible yeah don't worry sometimes uh women will treat you bad too if you're dating them and you're it doesn't matter who you're attracted to because i'm sure that person will be bad (laughs) this is the part where we uplift you yeah we're just having a casual fun afternoon we just had Um, brunch (laughs) no but i do think that it is important um to know to be able to really just learn how to express what you need and learn to recognize when people aren't able or willing yeah. to give it. Yeah. And it sucks. And cut that bitch off. And cut that bitch off. Also, I mean, we can go into another podcast where we can talk more about... We could talk all day. Like I'm talking I don't forever. know anywhere to be. I have nothing going on. Spring break, baby. Spring break forever. Wow, that's so true. <laughs> Spring breaking all the rules. All right, that's enough of that. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> Um, well, I just like one thing I do want to say is just really, I cannot express enough the importance of educating yourself on your mental illness. Yeah. Um, it sucks. It comes with homework, but it does. Um, because the more, you know, about what you're going through, um, the more you have the language to talk about it the more that you can enable the people around you to help you and to love you the way that you need to be loved and to support you the way that you need to be supported. Um, So I just really can't express enough that knowledge is power. Yeah, and I also want to say that while we also talk about the importance of educating your loved ones, uh, you know, it's not your responsibility. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is just a way to make your life easier from my experience it fucking sucks that you have to do it it sucks it's a bad conversation i mean sometimes it's a great conversation but it's bad that you have to have it and it feels really hard at first for me it got easier uh even with some shitty results recently but it's not your responsibility and just do what you can this just made it easier for me yeah yeah i mean i don't know what yeah you don't know anyone's shit you don't know anybody's shit and i hope your shit gets better and I hope that you're having a good day. I hope you're having a really good day, and it's okay if you're not. Treat yeah. yourself kindly. Be nice to yourself. You're great. You're smart. You're funny, and you're probably hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.